Hello and welcome to the Undercooked Podcast, or I like to call these extra little bonus things, a la carte. <laughs> I love that. Little side dishes you eat on the side. So I'm here with uh, your sous chef, Ken. No, no, no. Give me my proper title. O'Connor. No, we're in a different setting. Is Ken O'Connor. Wait, so I lose my status as a chef because we're in a different setting because we're cooking a smaller oh, meal? No, 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 no. You have respect in this setting. <laughs> <laughs> so my respect only carries... Okay, fair, fair enough. Hi, I'm Ken O'Connor. And you're probably wondering, this doesn't seem like a conventional episode. Well, a la carte is a... You could call it like a bonus section. Maybe this will become its own thing depending on how it's done. But I recently found out about Kitchen Nightmares. I mean, I knew about it existing before and i never really watched it but me my wife were bored <laughs> and uh we were just kind of i don't know we just needed something to watch we were, it was like a weekend we can't really do anything right now too much financially so we were like let's just start watching this because like even if i've never really watched much of a gordon ramsay show i love the guy he's just got such a great vibe and personality and now i know this podcast isn't essentially a cooking cooking show i don't know if we're gonna be sitting here like reviewing recipes and <laughs> and things like that Along with your, we will say it's me and your co-host, Ken. Hello. We, um, co-chef. We will be discussing. <laughs> you keep changing I guess. It. <laughs> I'm rambling. We'll be changing. Or not changing. Oh, my God. We will be discussing Kitchen Nightmares. And if you're someone who does not watch Kitchen Nightmares, I'm someone who's new to it. And so I think I can give you at least some idea of what it's like from a new person's perspective. And as Ken, somebody who has, you said you watched his shows for a very long time. Yeah, I've been I've been watching like going back to like Hell's Kitchen when that first came to America, and then Kitchen Nightmares, Hotel of uh, Nightmares, whatever that show was called. The new like oh, I've watched all of Gordon Ramsay's stuff, so I'm very familiar with his usual critiques and his personality and whatnot. Yes, I looked and I saw Kitchen Nightmare. Or, yeah, Kitchen Nightmares ended in 2014, mm-hmm. so I guess this is a revitalization yes. of the series, which is probably why the only reason why I saw it. So obviously, I'll go back and watch the other ones. But as me and Ken sit, uh, we're sitting at like the main island table of the kitchen. I know you guys don't really have a great visual of what this place looks like. Um, but like we said, it's like Ratatouille vibe, but better. Like that warm lighting. There's like bronze gold rustic Ooh. kind of feel. The, pot, yeah. the pots are simmering in the background. You can hear like yeah. idle chatter, but it's not too loud. Think, think there's like pots and pans hanging. There's like a whole wall of magnets of knives stuck to it against the wall or whatever. Everything's pretty Is that a rat over there? Shh. Oh. <laughs> let, let him cook. <laughs> let him cook. Let him cook. <laughs> let him cook. Look, I've been trying to train my own ratatouille. Um, and when they don't work out, I put them in a mousetrap. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Look, there's still a plague upon the earth. And unless I can find one that has value, I'm going to keep going through them. So far, this one actually knows how to read. Um, so that's a, that's a step up. What do you, what do you, um, how, do you, how do you know it can read? What do you, what, how do you test this? Uh, I have it write a, a dissertation paper on, uh, on cooking. Okay, so it can write too then. It can't, it's not just reading, it can write. Yes. Yeah. It's, it, the other ones can kind of scribble like basic A, B, C, D. But like where it wasn't enough. But this guy's like right. He wrote like twelve pages already. So I'm like, all right. <laughs> they couldn't get past the first four letters of the English language. Yeah. And you're like, all right. <laughs> this young buck is very promising. Young buck. So just let him cook back there. Okay. Just he's he's stirring something up. I don't know what all it right. is. I mean, I trust you. And I sanitized him a lot with 
how, how do you sanitize a rat? Why don't you give them like a proper bath? Oh, okay. Funny enough, if you give a rat a proper bath, they actually look cute and cuddly and not worn out and miserable. My fr- my fr- my friends have rats and they post pictures all the time. Like when like a rat is like properly like maintained and given like a house and like nurtured, they look adorable. But then you see like oh yeah the the rats in New York and like oh those are hell spawns. Okay. My brother had two white rats. Ooh. When I was growing up, and boy do those things have huge testicles. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I thought those were like tumors hanging off the back of them. That's horrible. Those things are like in your face. They were, yeah, they were white rats. So they had like the red eyes and uh, yeah, they were kind of cool, I guess. They're pretty big. Oh my God. Rats can be big. Yeah. This thing was like the size of a chihuahua. You ever see that, uh, that, that king rat nonsense? Oh yeah. The, the knot of rats. Yeah. Yeah. That's horrifying. I don't like that at all. Yeah. It's. No, it's not. Fun. You, know, so, you know what I do like though? What? Kitchen Nightmare starring Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> I do too. And luckily, they ha- I have not seen a rat in any of the episodes yet. But since there's a four- 2014 season with like multiple seasons, like eight seasons, I assume that that happened at some point. He, yeah, he finds vermin quite often in the show, and he calls them like okay. he calls them Mickey Mouses. Like I found a Mickey. I found a Mickey. Okay. Well, I haven't seen a Mickey in the newest season yet. Yeah. It's still airing. So what I have seen are this latest season and me and Lynn have been like addicted to watching this. And what's interesting, Junior Chefs, is every episode begins with like, I'm assuming the filming crew goes there before Gordon even like arrives, like days before they arrive and they kind of like film them doing their daily shit. And generally it's a mess. Obviously they cherry pick like the craziest personalities. I don't believe these are actors. I definitely believe they're just like people. Yes. Like whatever people because like their businesses wouldn't still be running if they were acting but also like they obviously are trying to pick the most bombastic wild people and it's it's possible that some people are just putting on a little extra fluff for the show i have no idea um maybe the crew tells them like no just go just be yourself just go crazy but who knows it's it's usually like whoever like the problem person is in the episode i always mm-hmm. believe like that's the person being their genuine selves and like they have a problem and then like the staff and everyone who's like oh the cameras are here like it's not my issue so they usually play it up a little, little bit more but like yeah. whoever the owner or the or the problem person is usually is like no they're just that's just them they're the problem yeah exactly and so like it's it starts with them just kind of like going over everything and like them talking about why they want Gordon to come help them and like what their problems are. It's like the very first episode that I watched. I think it's the uh, Bel Air Diner. Uh, the Bel Air Diner, yeah, episode one. Yeah, I'll send you what I'm I'm looking at. Gotcha. The, the reviewer person's website. Uh, where the hell is? That's behind the uh, the pots there. Uh, thank you. Uh yeah. So the Bel Air Diner and basically, yeah, most of these are run by families. I think that's probably why most restaurants are called mom and pop shops yeah and so like there are two brothers that are basically co-running this business and one of them is like the manager and one of them is like the chef i think his name's like bobby or something that's bobby in this one i mean it doesn't it doesn't matter they're they're two brothers that established yeah i'll just give them names there's bill and bob why why'd you do both b's that's not confusing at all (laughs) it's fine bill of the bel air dining He's like, I need Gordon Ramsay to come in. I need him to help me. My brother doesn't want to cook. He does. He barely shows up and blah, blah, blah. He's just super, super lazy. Oh, their name's Callum Peter. All right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it definitely wasn't that. But okay. <laughs> 
Sure. Cal and Peter. Cal is like, Cal runs the kitchen. He's like the lazy brother, I guess. And I think Peter is, Peter's the, the lazy brother who like actually cooks. But the problem is, is like he's paying his brother so much money and he's like doing nothing. I don't remember what he, I think he gave him like 50-50 ownership or something. It's stupid crazy. Yeah, the idea was they bought, they took over the diner from their parents and they're supposed to be splitting the work half and half. Uh, one brother though is dating a girl and like the girl has her own restaurant and the brother is working more at her restaurant than uh, he is at the actual Bel Air diner. Meanwhile, the other guy is like, he has like a wife and kids, but he's like living at the diner, like busting his ass, trying to get it together. Yeah, Meanwhile, crazy. the parents are hanging around the diner all day because they don't trust like okay yeah they're nitpicking everything yeah like we don't we don't trust you two to run it and your brother's not showing up and you're not taking initiative so everything's just falling apart it was a really he's not taking initiative he's fucking running the place and it's his whole life <laughs> no he's trying to but he can't get his brother under control and then he's ta- like everything's falling apart because of that like so like they need they need gordon's help here yeah so when i watched them make this whole plea case to gordon about like why they need his help I just like sat here. This is my first time experiencing this. And I looked at Lynn and I was just like, they don't want Gordon to make them have a better restaurant at all. They just need therapy really bad. (laughs) I was like, they want Gordon to come and give them therapy because everything they discuss is about how inefficient and horrible this brother is or lazy this brother is. I don't even know. Is he lazy if he is working at his girlfriend's restaurant? No, he's he's just not giving his attention to the the restaurant. His... Yeah, but they portray him like he's lazy. Yeah, well, that's the, they have to make it's a re, it's still reality TV. They need to make a narrative, yeah. and you don't know what his deal is. And it's like, okay, he's te- he's not checked in. He's kind of checked out of this position, and like he doesn't like the place. Like, there's also places like fundamentally wrong with the restaurant as well, and it all adds to like, oh, he's given up on this place, and he doesn't l- want to improve it at all. Yeah, and rightfully so he should be helping run that that business should come before his girlfriend's business because he doesn't even own his girlfriend's business he owns a business correct that he has to control so he's dumb either way yes but he's blinded by love we've all been there and so (laughs) but like what i realized is i was like after watching so many episodes i was like these people just want therapy they're basically like every episode there's somebody that's a problem child you know if they're not a child and they're like gordon please fix this person i'm like bro you these people are like in their 40s you can't fix them whoever they were unless they have like a near life death experience or you you fuck he fucking has magic hands and gordon's them the fuck up or some shit like i don't know what you're expecting to happen every time gordon comes in here he's always like you've got a shape up and you can't cut this shit out like whatever he sounds like He's always just like, he yells at them so much, which is what he does and what we all know him for and love him for. I don't know. You just pay Gordon to show up and scream at you and then give you like a home renovation. That's kind of what it is though. Like, like think like in your actual job, you can't go yell at your boss the way that Gordon Ramsay's yelling, yelling at these people. So oh, yeah. I'm sure going in, like they know, like the brother knows, like, oh yeah, I'm definitely not spending time here. I'm definitely not doing this. It takes being publicly shamed on television, being yelled at by Gordon Ramsay to like, again, like he's equated to therapy. It kind of is therapy. It's a very weird, brutal form of therapy, yeah. but that's exactly what it is. I, I think these people would crumble like they do on TV even if there was no television i think if gordon showed up like i don't even think you'd have to be a cook i think if gordon showed up in your fucking house called you out on your bullshit you'd probably be like fuck i gotta make a change 100 percent. that's the only therapy i would need for a good year if he showed up and yelled at me (laughs) 
Because, like, if you're a parent or, like, you're a kid growing up, you're like, oh, my parents are the authority. If I fuck up, I'm scared and I don't want to disappoint them. But then once you're an adult, you're like, who fucking cares if I disappoint my parent? Whatever. Like, <laughs> but if- there's no one to hold you. There's no one to hold you accountable anymore. There's no school. There's no teachers. There's no professors. There's no parents. There's no boss. But God forbid if Gordon Ramsay knocked on my door, yeah. <laughs> I would cry. <laughs> Because, like, if this man comes up to you and I'm just like, oh, I'm not really looking for work and I'm out of a job. And Gordon says, like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? You're doing nothing with yourself. Get the fuck up and stop. I'd be like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Like, I know you have no power over my life. And once you leave, it means nothing anymore. But, like, I feel like I need to make a change now. Holy shit. Because he's like the the fucking, what is it? I want to say the moral police. Like, the fucking, like, guardian. What's the word? He's like the parental figure of the world. Like, if you were, like, a criminal... And he's like, you fucking murdered, you piece of shit. You can't murder the murder. Be like, I'm, oh shit. I'm sorry. I didn't know. It's great though, too, because he plays both roles so well. He, he can be the screaming, like, uh, authoritative position. But, like, when he realizes, like, someone's, like, breaking down and crying, he will take them aside, like, hey, listen, y- you need help. You need to rest. You're you're burning yourself out. Like, he, yeah. he recognizes that. Like, in, like, later episodes, there's a cook who, like, hasn't worked and, like, hasn't about. had a day, a day off and, like... Yeah, the guy who's never had a break. And he's like, listen, y- you need to go. Like, I, he, he cares about them. He can identify the problem people, and he will give them shit. When he sees people actually working their hardest and doing what they have to do... That's the it, that's in the In the Drink episode, I think. In the Drink, yeah, yeah, the golf one. Yes. For listeners, there's yeah, there's a it's, a it's like a rich golf club. Like, which honestly, who cares if that falls apart? It's a rich person's. But the, okay, the dude who owns this place, his name's George. He does. He just doesn't fucking listen to anything. I was like, there's no there there's no match for Gordon. When you see this guy, you think like, oh, he he just really doesn't. He's like one of those guys where it's like Gordon's like, this is the problem. You need to fix it. And then the guy was like, oh, I don't see the problem. Oh wait, in in, in like, the drink you mean? It's so obvious what the problem. Yeah. 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 He like he'll say like there's this is a problem X Y Z this is a problem you're, like you're you're overworking your staff you're this is why you're falling behind and he'll just be like I don't see the problem it seems fine and then like they have him working like the cook's job that like that he takes a break for a while just to see what it's like and he's he's like don't you see what your cook has to go through all the time and he goes yeah <laughs> it's crazy and then he'll go well, what do you think I mean I think I think we what we do is fine. Like, what do you do is fun? <laughs> that, what that, are you talking about? That's the thing. Half the time, these people are so in denial. Like, they always, like, highlight, like, you're in this much in debt, and you're, you're doing this and that. And, like, these people don't, like, they're they're in such a bad shape. Like, we all get this way in life. Like, you get in a really bad scenario. You can't see, like, oh, there's a clear solution here and how to improve things little by little. But, like, no, we're, we're doing fine. It can't be that bad. It can't be that bad. And But this guy's to another level he, of he, ignorance. Oh, he's bad. Again, like, he's run the worst this season. But, like, you should see some of the past seasons, the people, like... Like, I feel overall this season, like, the revival season, like, all the places have been pretty normal so far. The extremes you get from the old series it will blow your mind when you go back and watch them. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and watch those. Audience, uh, junior chefs. So, the other part of this show is, I guess, I you know, could have been a little more efficient with this. So, yeah, basically, people give their pitch of, like, what they want Gordon to help them you know, help, help them with it, which, honestly, it's just usually, like, fix my brother, fix my sister or something. I'm not the problem. And then they turn out to... Gordon always proves them that, like, you own the fucking place. You're always the problem. Even <laughs> if even if you're doing everything right, if you're doing everything right, but there's problems, you're not doing it right. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not working. So, 
He'll do that, and then he'll have you do a day where he just watches himself. But it just really sucks because when you have the pressure of like Daddy Gordon like roaming around your kitchen while you're cooking, but you also have him rummaging through stuff that well, like you probably have never touched in like 20 years. We 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 should break down how it. So first, the episode starts off with the pitch. Then Gordon comes into the restaurant and tries to experience the restaurant as as if he were was a customer. Like he'll come in the front. Yeah, but he's rummaging through all your shit while you do it. Well, no, no, no. The, the, when he first comes in as a customer he sits down just orders he just wants to see the the atmosphere oh right 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 right, that part yeah he has to taste all of like what he thinks is your best food items yeah he usually asks for any of the recommendations of what's your most popular dish he'll like you know like things that he knows like i know a good steak let me see what your steak tastes like so he'll go through everything and like nine times out of ten it'll get sent back for being horrible yeah then he meets with the owners and the staff and okay i want to see everything is then they i want to see how he wants to see how he um a live service goes so then he will walk around the kitchen and observe the cooking the service in the middle of the uh of the night or the dinner or lunch or whatever and then halfway through he's like all right i'm gonna start getting to the nitty-gritty where he goes through the walk-in fridges the goes to the pantries goes through all the stuff and like that's when he finds like the truly most like disgusting expired the most common thing i have noticed is almost every single person does not refrigerate their chicken wings Correct. I it blows my mind away, and it makes me. I love chicken wings. It makes me like, do I ever want to eat chicken wings ever again? Because and they're always slimy. Yeah. Just covered in goo and. Because they keep buying food in bulk, and then like just like letting it go bad, and like nothing's. He he always highlights there's no no dates on anything. Nothing's sealed. Nothing's. You have like the meat with the veg, and like ah, oh, like there's so much wrong. Like the fact that these places don't get shut down for health code violations is crazy. Yeah. Some of them are really bad. Like, sometimes the restaurants, like, the staff are fine, but, like, the owner's buying, like, grade F food or, like, the walk-in fridge doesn't work and stuff like that, where it, it is the food's problem. And then Gordon always drives home, like, listen, this food can make people fucking sick. Like, you are endangering people's lives. Like, yeah, your business is failing. You could kill someone with this. And, like, that usually, like, makes people, like, break down, like, oh, fuck, you're right. Like, how do you not know? Like, I live alone and, like, I keep my fridge cleaner than half these people. I, I think people on average try to think what is how, what is the most work I can do and what is the most work I can get away with. And I think people push the line more and more and more. And that's when you end up like metaphorically and literally with chicken rotting going bad in like a box underneath a shelf that's not refrigerated. Like I think it's one of those things where it's like things get so lost in doing other things that you it just kind of escapes your mind. Because every time they find the chicken... <laughs> It's almost like whenever I see the chef's response, it almost is like they almost look genuinely surprised. Like, but but also I think they knew it was there. They they had to. But the problem is, is like those ones there, they're probably not serving those ones. They're probably serving the ones that they do have kept away. And he just the guy is just too embarrassed to what to do with the other chicken. Well, that's the thing. It's 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 wasted. It's wasted money at that point. Yeah, they're oversized. Most, a lot of these are just like, we buy too much. That's the thing too. Gordon basically limit, like every single one of these menus. There's like one that literally, I think it was the first one. Yeah, the diner. Had 500 items on the menu. And when Gordon tried to order some of them, they were like, we don't have that stuff. And it's like, when you have like 500 things on the menu and you you don't have the ingredients, that's the problem too. When this place had 500 ingredients on the menu, they're trying so hard to acquire all these ingredients. But then that's how how you waste so much of it because no one ever orders any of those things. Mm -hmm. Because he orders like a Coco something. I can't remember what it is. It's some (laughs) fancy thing. No one can pronounce it correctly in the restaurant either. (laughs) Yeah, no no one can pronounce it correctly. And he orders this fucking thing and they're just like, I don't 
even know what that is. And then they just had the, and then I think when they made it, it wasn't even the dish. Yeah. They just made something up and hoped that it would be right. And I'm like, dude, you're talking to the guy that's probably eaten every single fucking meal on the entire planet. When a new meal is invented, he's just there immediately. <laughs> like, there's no way you can trick this man. It, it's so fucking hilarious. And he always takes like little bites. So he doesn't like consume these things, especially because if it makes him sick, that's like oh, not a really good situation. Yeah. There, there, there are some episodes though, going back to, again, I keep going back to the older season, but there's one episode where um, the owner is the main problem. Like he has an amazing chef, but he doesn't let the chef make the menu. The owner makes the menu. The chef has to follow it. And so like all the food is pretty much crap because the owner ha- is picking crap ingredients that go don't go well together. Yeah. And so at one point, Gordon's like, all right, you, the owner, go make me a burger. You, chef, go make your own burger with whatever, whatever ingredients you want. And like the owner brings out, hmm. he claimed it was Wagyu beef for the patty. And he's like, I don't, <laughs> he's like, I don't like a bun. So it was just the patty on a plate with no condiments, no nothing. He's like, this is the burger I would serve a customer. And Gordon's looking at him like, this is just a fucking <laughs> overcooked, not seasoned patty on a plate. And then the chef brings out this amazing looking burger with Asiago cheese and a slice of watermelon instead of like fries like on the side like beautiful and Gordon devours the entire thing he thinks it's one of the best burgers he's, he's wow. ever had he's ever had I rarely ever seem to meet more than a bite well that's the thing when, when he finds something he loves like usually there's a couple episodes where like the food's all crap but then like he orders dessert and it's like oh this is the dessert that the owner's mom makes and brings homemade to the restaurant mm. he's like your mother makes the best fucking thing in the entire uh, restaurant it's not even on the menu like how embarrassing <laughs> is that like so th- there is sometimes genuinely good food it's, it's usually sometimes it's the practices or like there's something wrong along the way yeah it's not always the food but nine times out of ten it's usually yeah so in this new season, sometimes he sends the person off to learn from someone who's like a legend. Like in the Demimo episode, I'm Italian and they have an Italian restaurant run by Italians. And this one guy, he's doing, he's the manager. He's cooking the pizzas. He's doing some other chef stuff that he doesn't need to be doing. Yeah, like three different jobs. And he's doing like a third thing. I can't hear. Oh, he's like ordering all the food and stuff. And their mom is just like, I don't want my business to go under. I'm like half a million dollars in debt or whatever. When I hear her talking, I'm like, you're, you're not managing. Because like when Gordon goes through their whole system, realizes this is pretty easy easy to make this functionable. Yeah. But she just doesn't. She's, just, she's like putting everything on everyone else and, and not doing anything. Like cause she, she could be helping wait the tables. I mean, maybe she is and we don't see it. But like, it, it just never seems seems to be the case. And so what's really interesting is that he takes the two chefs or the, one of the chefs and the guy, her son that's making the pizza, yeah. sends them to like this, the world's best pizza maker or something like, yeah, they, like lucky has to be. Luckily, he's in New Jersey. It's convenient enough for these guys. And they learn how to make pizza from him. And then when I looked at the reviews on the website after the show was filmed, everyone's in love with the pizza and they say it's like the best thing on the menu so i was like this dude learned how to make pizza like from the best and he actually took away from it and applied it to the the restaurant but like that one was interesting what was interesting about that one is they had a cook that i thought gordon would think is shit but he thought all their food was shit because it wasn't good ingredients and i'm like is it or like maybe that person just doesn't prepare it right and it's the ingredients and then like when she got good ingredients he said everything was like great oh yeah she came to play she was not messing around she was great yeah she was never messing around it's just the bad ingredients made her seem shitty and they're like, well, the, the owner's like, why are all the ingredients bad? And they're like, well, who buys the ingredients? And she's like, oh, I don't know. And then the, the son is like, oh, I do that. And he doesn't know anything. 
He doesn't know anything, so he's just buying whatever. And then Gordon's like, it's actually really cheap to buy, like, a t he's, oh, actually, the, it was the pizza chef. The pizza cook said, they were like, oh, we don't use greens. We have to buy them because they're more expensive if we go get great, good ones. And he's, the chef was like, it's like pennies of a difference of, like, a tomato um, from, like, a whatever tomato to, like, a really good, genuine ingredient of a tomato. And he was just like, the amount of money you'll make from making good pizzas will outweigh the, the, the cost. extra money you're going to put in. Like, the investment, basically. It's worth the investment, essentially. Yeah. Um, and it and it does work. Gordon, what Gordon does is on every single one of these, he, they all have like a million things on the menu. He shrinks them down to like maybe 10 dishes possible. Which is good because again, there are some like like certain diners where I expect like a giant menu like that or the Cheesecake Factory. But yeah. no restaurant needs like 13 pages worth of menus. Like, I'm sorry. Like, even if I go there every single day, try every single dish, like I'll never in a million years do that. They do not need all these things. Yeah. When I have a favorite place to eat, I usually get like one or two things yeah. every single time. It's always the, almost the same thing. And I'm not usually a person that likes to only eat the same thing, but it's like that place had this thing that I like so fucking good that I want it over and over uh, with a moderation. <laughs> Why would I want to go there and pick from like 30 different things on the menu? Like if I can find the one thing I really like at this place, I'll go there. And if there's like another place that cooks that other thing better, I'll go there. The worst part is if you keep going to that same place over and over again, keep trying different things. And every time you do, they all taste bad because the menu's too big and nothing is like prepared properly. You won't come back. Yeah. It's your own undoing. I'd rather be known as the restaurant that makes the one really good pizza or the one really good ramen. And like, yeah, come in. It's the one thing we sell and it's going to blow your brain. I mean, there's a ramen shop and a pizza parlor. They usually just serve like one thing and everything else is extra. And that extra stuff is like mid. But like the one thing they do make, if it's good, because like if I'm going to go to a ramen shop, I want ramen. Yeah. Now, there's like five different types of ramen. I expect them all to be pretty good. If I go to a ramen shop and they're like, oh, we have like a bento box thing. I'm like, I'm not going to eat that. Like, I know your heart's not in that. I know. And I've done it before. Like every Japanese restaurant I've ever eaten at, especially if it's ramen. Yeah. If we get a bento box, it's whatever. Like, it's it's so phoned in. And I could tell the chicken's like, whatever. But if I get the ramen, it's like, it's almost like the chicken's just different. Yeah. Uh, it all hits different. Yeah. If it's a good, if it's a good quality place. Like if I go to if I go to a sushi place and they have like a ramen or a fried rice, like I know it's not gonna be what I'm expecting from like a yeah like a actual like Chinese rice or hibachi rice kind of thing. Like they try and it's passable, but like yeah, stick with the sushi. If I got Andre's ramen shop, <laughs> it's gonna be balling with my my ramen. But if we go to like, uh, but if I pull out my sushi, you might be like, eh, this is mid fish, <laughs> mid fish. <laughs> <laughs> And if you go to Ken's sushi place, like all their fish are going to be high quality and he's going to have mid ramen, like, as you were saying. So it's like we can either join our businesses. Yeah. So it's like when I see these restaurants get like dwindled down to these small menus with smaller portions, it's like I'd rather want that. I hate going to a restaurant and getting way more than I wanted. Uh-huh. It's like the fucking worst feeling. I've never gone to a restaurant and been like, that's it. Like with that little food, I, it's happened, but I rarely end up in those situations where I'm like. It's rare, yeah. Yeah, where I'm like, this isn't enough food. It's either like it's a decent amount or it's, it's too much way ungodly too much and if it's too much it's usually bad yep because they make it in such large quantities it's no flavor and it's mass produced yeah no portion yeah. control is it it's quality over quantity it's the cheesecake factory i fucking hate yeah. the cheesecake factory i'm gonna drag them through the mud any chance i can <laughs> I've, I've been there once and I don't remember anything good about I've it. I've been there like two or three times. That's the thing. People like say they're obsessed with it. Like it's like the basic like, oh, let's go to the cheesecake. But no, like even the cheesecake isn't that great. I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather go get food poisoning at Taco Bell <laughs> than go to the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, but just circling back to like the, the better ingredients for the. Uh, yeah. So going back to episode two, because the, the problem of episode two uh, for that one is the chef. 
the chef is like in full control of everything. He's bragging about like oh his cheese sauce and all these crazy like like he's like the badass chef of New Jersey. Like he had like a title for himself or something like that. And he was the one like fucking things up. He was ordering stuff that he shouldn't have been ordering, like things that were too expensive, not good ingredients. And the owner is kind of like I just trust the chef to put him in charge. And he was the one that was basically bankrupting that business like with like yeah within six months of opening. Which one was that? Uh, Basque Forty Six. Fast forward. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one. Oh, my God. I'm surprised every one of these places is still open. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely, definitely these newer ones. If you go back to the old series, most of the, and like in the old series, they have episodes where they, where they revisit. They go back to the, uh, yeah. the restaurants like, OK, you still like following the rules I set for you. And some of them are, but a lot of them did close down and they address those. Yeah, I looked at the other seasons, like season seven and stuff, and I'll look through and I'll see close, 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 close. Yeah. Because it's like way more time has passed. But it's funny that with with, uh, with Bass 46, the chef was still there. And like he had like, oh, I turned a new leaf by the end, the end of the episode. He quit. Yeah, he quit like right after. What a coward. He was so fucking gang. He called him the gangster that's chef, That's what it was. Right? Yeah, that's what it was. Oh, he's Chef Bobby. That's right. Yep. He's Chef Bobby. Yes. He, he literally has a t-shirt that says, I'm the gangster he chef. He was bragging on like Facebook and Instagram, like up until the episode airing, like, yo, come see me go one-on-one against Gordon Ramsay. I take him down in a peg. No one can like, and then like after the episode aired, like he retired from like cooking in general. Like he's like, I'm done with the cooking business. Yeah. Also like Gordon nearly broke him to tears. So I don't know what down a peg. Cause like even in the episode, he's like, I go take your shit. Fuck this guy. And as soon as he comes out, he's like, who's the chef? And he's like, it's me. And he opens up his shirt. He has a button up shirt. When he opens up, it says like gangster shit. He's like, I'm the gangster chef, motherfucker. And then he just starts ridiculing every dish and all of his shitty ingredients and all this stuff. And then like, when it finally cuts back to him, you just see his tears like swelling up. And he's like, okay. Was that the episode where Gordon was complaining the tacos were too big? And then he yeah, cut the tacos, he the tacos and in half him. and sent it back to him. <laughs> And Gordon's like, is he having a laugh? Is he thinking he's funny? This is the type of guy that I expect him to spit in my food if I yes. s- if I sent something back. Yes, 100% yes. And I'm sure he's done it. Interesting. What's so funny to me is this guy gives him like this fancy metal business card. And after Gordon like rips into him, because he gives him the business card with like the cut up tacos. Yeah. Like as like a fuck you thing. At the end of Gordon ripping him a new asshole, he's like, and no more of these stupid business cards. And he just flicks it like a f- paper football at the guy and it bounces off his chest yeah. into his hands and like fumbling to catch it before it touches off the ground and he like holds it close to himself. And I'm like, that seems like something I would see in a movie, like the way he responded and reacted. And the fact that it was like an effortless flick, like I know Gordon has flipped so many business cards back at people to be in it that casually smooth with it. Yeah. And not even think about it. But the way he caught it and like looked so sad, it was just like, bro, you talking a big shit and you just got like, <laughs> you got knocked down like a million pegs, man. He was the problem. Like when they were showing like, okay, this is a the the owners are successful restaurant owners they'd opened other restaurants in the past like with, the, with this past 46 name like everything was going right it's just this new location was not going well at all and it was all the food sucked and it was the chef the chef had just like no like like he claimed he had quote-unquote passion but he was he was shit at his job across the board this fucker was making a hundred thousand a year yes oh yeah that's right he was getting severely overpaid too Gordon said a, a head chef in a place like this in most of New Jersey, he said it's like seventy to 80000 a year tops for like a really good one. So he's like, you're way overpaying this guy. What was really sad with that episode too is when Gordon asked to talk to the owner in like the back office 
and I don't know what his attic. They, yeah, they climb into a little attic, <laughs> and they're just like I'm. I'm picturing like the camera crew setting up in that attic with the two of them, this little enclosed space, going through the guy's bills and overdue like receipts and whatnot. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man! <laughs> How did you let your business get like this? It's crazy. So like, if I had to, I almost would like open a restaurant and just fuck it up just so Gordon shows up. But I don't know any other way I'm gonna meet him. But the last one I saw, the juicy box. Oh God! He go in there. It's like a it's a juicer place. Like you get juice, and it's like a Haitian restaurant. You get Haitian food. Almost none of the food on the menu is Haitian. Nope. Uh, like at all. And then the juicer was broken, so they don't even serve juice. It's called the juicy box. It wasn't just that the juicer was broken. It's been it's been broken for months, and they didn't fix it. Yes. And instead of taking it was like six months or instead something. Instead of taking the juice off the menu, they just blended it together like a smoothie and like with all like the pulp and the visceral and whatnot and he's but the thing is i if i remember correctly they just didn't make drinks because no one would ask i think once they tell them it doesn't work nobody would just order the drink and they order food or they would just leave because they were just like they i think they either said i don't know what to do yeah so i don't think they even made smoothies for anyone before i think they just did it because they're like gordon's gonna be pissed well that was another thing too where they use so the restaurant used to be open at like six or seven a.m. in the morning when people are going to work, going to the gym, and want juice. Like that—that's the entire point of like a juice bar kind of thing. Their dad used to own it, and he would open it at seven in the morning. Yeah, and then when the sun took over, now they're opening at like what, like twelve, two p.m. 2 p- yeah, two p.m. in the yeah. So like after the lunch rush, after like anyone cares, like no one wants juice after. Ugh. They're also taking shots the whole time. They're like getting drunk while they're working. Yeah. It's crazy. And Gordon gets so mad in this one that he literally tells the camera crew to leave. And they, I know it's like for extra dramaticism, but like he cursed at them more than anyone in this season so far. And he just like ripped them apart. And he's like, you're two grown ass children. And your dad is like, gave you this like on a golden platter. And you guys have just like shit all over it. Like you disrespect me. Like I feel so bad for the dad because he made a fully successful business and they've just like sh- literally shit all over it. Well, not literally, but they, I mean, who knows? They like shit. Up. And they're, they're fucking freezer was 72 degrees it wasn't working it wasn't working it was it was it wasn't working yeah nothing worked that's like nothing worked they made no efforts to take care of it and like the dad was like yeah i gotta replace him soon i'm like you should replace him months ago like like the dad like and the dad wasn't really the owner anymore but he was like still yeah. like in control and he was being very ineffective he's so disappointed he's like they have 60 days before i close this and like the son just sounded depressed like yeah he stopped working out he stopped going to the gym he stopped doing this he's drinking on the job he's like making like a party kind of thing like yeah that that guy's going through it and like he's kind of depressed and whatnot and the business is falling apart around him like the business is a reflection of the owners half the time and like it shows yeah here's the thing showing up in the morning as much as i hate it you feel great you're like wow there's so much of the day oh yeah ahead of me like, it feels great as awful as it feels to get up that early and look i think they ended up changing their hours to like 11 a.m for when i looked back it's better like if it was me then my dad was like oh i opened up at seven i'd probably be like Look, we're opening at nine, <laughs> and and that's it. Because that's the earliest I'm gonna be over there. They're open till now. They're open till uh, I think they were open from like two to like eleven or something. Now they're open from eleven to two in the morning. Okay, so they're, they're trying to get more of the like the late night crowd, I guess. Yeah, and they have like little every one of these places. Actually, when I looked up, added live performances to their location. That's always a big draw nowadays. <laughs> I feel. 
<clears throat> so when Gordon goes into the phase where he's like come into come, I'm, we're gonna do the phase where he they bring everybody in to like so let's see what a normal work day is. Uh-huh. He invites more people than they can handle intentionally because he wants them. It seems to me from my perspective that he wants them to see what an experience is. If, what if you were popular? Like what if you had a full house? Oh yeah, it's a it's a pressure cooker situation because if he knows that they got one customer in that day and they did what they did really good with that one customer, that's not reflective of what the business would be like yeah. if it was booming. So he invites like town officials, social like influencers, like people he knows. Well, no, 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 I'm talking about. Bef- I'm talking about. Be- that's after he invites the. He invites the famous people once they have to prove themselves. Oh, oh, you're, you're uh, talking. Okay, yeah, right, right. He he just uh, grabs average people, but he like put. I think they put like a call out post, and they just get swarmed with people. Well, when, when people know that that they're filming kitchen nightmares at a restaurant, like people show up just for that to be on TV. Yeah, but but yeah, when he's testing to see what they're. Their, their production line is like before he fixes them. He brings a lot of people in because he wants to say like, this is what's happened when you're this is what's gonna happen when you're popular. Can you handle this heat? Because like all of his recipes he serves is like small versions of of like some of the dishes they make or like a, just a better. It's all better with simple ingredients. So they don't have to spend a lot of money. This man's working miracles over here. So if anything shuts down after he's there, it's just because you just didn't care anymore. Yeah. But what I want to say is Gordon is so fucking smart. Uh, other than the reasons that we already all know, and this is something I realized, which I'm sure people have realized this decades before me because they've been watching all the show. But Kitchen Nightmares is way better for him than his other shows. And this is why. Because Gordon doesn't open a bunch of like Gordon Ramsay restaurants, right? He like, has his main one. Well, no, he, he has a bunch, actually. What? He, he has a burger chain. He has a pizza chain. What's his burger chain? Gordon Ramsay Burgers. I've never heard of these places. When I read Google, I don't. Nothing pops up. Gordon Ramsay Burgers. Yeah, you know, let me, do you want me to start linking you his restaurants or he has? A- well, is it? Hold on. Is it more common in New York? My entire life, I have never seen any of his chains. Uh, Gordon Ramsay's Fish and Chips. Never Gordon seen Ramsay's it. Pub and Grill. Never Gordon seen Ramsay's it. Burger. Never Gordon Ramsay's seen Steak. It. Ramsay's Kitchen. Never seen it. There's a Gordon Ramsay's Hell's Kitchen. I haven't seen or heard of any of these places before. Gordon Ramsay at the Foxwoods. Maze by Gordon Ramsay. He has tons of restaurants. What do you got? But where? But where? Uh, New York, New Jersey, Atlantic City, Boston. Vegas, Vegas, ton in the UK, DC, Connecticut, New York. Okay, see, see right here though, he's not gonna be known in most of the United States as his business. You didn't list a single one in Los Angeles. That's why I don't see it. He doesn't have any in Michigan from where I was from. Well, yeah, because yeah, because he knows that Los Angeles is. <laughs> yes, he's not. He opens restaurants where restaurant like the restaurant culture like thrives, and a lot of that is on the of course, East Coast. Of course, but what I'm trying to say is like. Cause he does, cause like this one's all focused in New Jersey. Does he go to other states oh, yeah. in he, the earlier seasons? Yes, yes. Cause, cause well, the reason why I want to say he's smart is because because he's not like I'm gonna put a McDonald's in every state kind of person. He he's he's putting his seal of approval on a restaurant. Like oh now they they have a recipe from the Gordon Ramsay like yes. But that's the thing. They only serve Gordon Ramsay dishes at that point, unless they change it or add other things. But like they're basically just serving Gordon Ramsay dishes. If they if they abide by him, that's his restaurant essentially. Yeah, in many ways. Yeah. So it's like if he wasn't already super rich and super famous, like it's really smart. Like if I was starting a career, I would have made this my first show because I would have been like, I don't need to open it. I can't like I'm rich, but I don't have enough money to open like a billion locations. I can just put my stamp of approval on all of these other people's locations. And then they serve my food because then they'll go, oh, Gordon Ramsay filmed here or Gordon Ramsay recipes, blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, then you just get all that free advertisement and whatnot. But again, he doesn't really need it. But to me, that's like 
really smart if you just didn't want to have a chains. You just do that. But yeah, I guess I'll never eat any of his stuff because I don't generally go to these locations that he books. I mean, the UK makes sense. The next time, the next time you're in, the, in New York, we'll go. We'll go to a Gordon Ramsay restaurant together. <laughs> Sure. Just for the just for the experience. Okay, but the thing is, it's like, is it really as good as he would cook it? You, is it really? You just gotta believe at that point. Because like everybody was just like, oh, my Papa John's is the best, and every Papa John's has been like shit. <laughs> at least Little Caesars is consistent garbage. I love Little Caesars. I'm from Detroit. I will rep that pizza. Five dollar pizzas, hot and ready's. I will eat those like nobody's business. I think I've only had Little Caesars like once my entire life. It's the fucking best poor man pizza and it's still good even when you're not poor. But it's 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 like you eat it and you go, that's a five dollar pizza when you eat it. But you're satisfied. It doesn't have to be the best pizza. They'll be cons- but they're consistent. They're consistent. I've never had a bad Little Caesars pizza. You're saying Little Caesars better than Papa John's or Domino's. I'm saying they're more consistent than Papa John's and Domino's. Okay, fair. And I think consistency is very important. Yes. Because you can have a really good Domino's, but if I'm not going to that Domino's anymore, then it's like, well, what's the point? If this other Domino's suck. But if I see a Little Caesars any state, I'm like, that Little Caesars is gonna hit. <laughs> That's gonna exactly. be busting. <laughs> I went to a Little Caesars in when I was in Hawaii, and I went to a Little Caesars there. I was the first Little Caesars I ever saw with a drive-through, though. Oh, so I got a drive-through pizza. Drive-through pizza uh, sounds wrong. And I ate it, and it tasted great. Honestly, even though they're consistent, it was one of the better ones that I've had. Like you could still rate them among each other, but it was a pretty solid one. It actually had a fluffy crust, which usually it's just kind of like a middle mid crust. Honestly, Little Caesars just consistently mid. Honestly, though, if you're in if you're in Hawaii, like that's probably made on the mainland. Like they're not. Sh- like again, with consistency, they're shipping the same ingredients across the country. But like, it's probably cheaper to make the ingredients on the islands than have to ship like ship the the factory in like New Jersey. The oh across. Oh yeah, yeah. There's no reason to ship a ton of stuff just for Little Caesars. Yeah. Just use what you got around. But honestly, it's so weird though because we were gonna go to like some like really fancy pub thing <laughs> that was like right across from it. <laughs> When we went there, it was like had a big ass line, and the like it was like really fancy, rich people looking food. Like the Gordon Ramsay would look like like a burger slider. There was like it had like two sliders. They were really small. They were like the size of like a child's fist almost, and like they, it was like thirty bucks. And so we looked at that, and I was like, "Cool, fuck that." But also there was like nowhere to sit, so I just left, and I was like, "Well, I don't know where to go," because it was just got done raining like a bunch, and we didn't really know. And everything was, it's really it was also really late because we were doing a bunch of stuff that day and got home late, and then we just didn't have anything to eat. Mm-hmm. And I look up and it's like, dun, 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 dun. I'm like, oh, it's Little Caesars. <laughs> I can always count on them. I've always been able to count on Little Caesars. Okay. Always. In this scenario, yes, that sounds like that was there. I, I was going to make fun of you. Like you went to Hawaii and like you got Little Caesars. But at the same time, I'm thinking if I, if I went to Japan, I'm trying out the McDonald's there and that's not any better. So <laughs> look, I went to China and we went to go get the McDonald's there. And oh my God, oh, that McDonald's oh, is, is busting. International McDonald's are like the best looking things I've ever seen. Like it, it tastes like a cow. I ate their burger. It tastes like a cow. Like it tastes like cow meat. It, that's, that's real meat. That's, that's insane. not, not that our pink, pink sludge that we make <laughs> over here. Like I didn't, feel, I didn't even feel sick after I felt fine because it's real food for everything in fucking america yeah. is processing garbage shit they had they had a taro oh. s- smoothie mm. 
like taro yogurt smoothie or whatever. And I was like, that sounds like a bizarre thing to combine. I ate it and it was so good. That sounds so good. So good. And you know, it was like you can, but you can see them making it even with like the actual real ingredient. Their fries were busting, their burgers busting, fucking taro smoothie, ice cream milkshake, whatever the fuck that thing was, was also really good. I don't know where it is, but somewhere in America is McDonald's headquarters. And at the headquarters that they have the international kitchen where you can get they they have they have every meal from every international McDonald's at the headquarters. So if you want to try like the Indian McDonald's at the headquarters, they have all the Indian meals made the way they are in India. But it's only at the headquarters. So if you eat the American McDonald's, are those executives also eating the pink sludge or do they get to usurp that and eat real meat? It's real. It's, I think it's real actual meat there. Like it's, it's higher quality at the headquarters. Fuck them. Now we're just talking about food. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the point. Which is of the- fine. This is a food podcast, essentially. Look, I never said this episode had to be only about kitchen nightmares. This is what our ideal topic was going to be, or our general. It's a la carte. That's, it's extra shit. Exactly. What do you expect? I got to give you something. I don't have to, but I'm going to give you something. I got this big kitchen. I don't know what I'm going to use it for. I use it for cooking really weird shit. And now I'm here cooking Gordon Ramsay conversations. And now I'm getting hungry because now I want a little Caesar's pizza. And I want some Chinese McDonald's. Like This is a really bad idea. I am really hungry now just talking about this shit. <laughs> I ate a little bit of lunch today. That's not good for me. I need more food. What would you eat for lunch? Wait, what'd... Okay, hold on. Other thing, too. What would you eat for lunch? Lynn, hold on. Lynn is an amazing cook. Your wife, yes. Amazing, yes. She doesn't cook because that's her role or blah, 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 whatever. She just likes to genuinely cook. Fair. Well, she hates cooking, but (laughs) likes cooking. (laughs) Or as she says, she hates to cook, but she loves her food. Okay. Because she knows she cooks amazing. Uh But we haven't had the time so much lately, so we got, and we need to save money and groceries, so we invested in HelloFresh for now, and it doesn't take as long to cook, but damn, HelloFresh is actually good. Oh, yeah. Like, it's actually really good really good food. Obviously, it's because they're giving you ingredients, not like plastic container ones that you get. That's just really good. But at the same time, it just makes me, makes me and Lynn miss her cooking more. Oh, okay. Because like this food's good, but I'm also like, but Lynn could do it better. <laughs> and I know she can make those. She's actually even added some extra stuff into them that made them even better. Except the only one that I hated was the aioli burger because I hate aioli. Oh, aioli's gross. It, I don't, it I don't fucks care. with my stomach so bad. I don't know why. Yeah, it like, it, it like it coats the inner lining of your stomach, I feel like, and just ruins everything. Well, like, I have, I don't know why I have it, but I have like a form of acid reflux. It's only triggered by very specific things. Because uh-huh. like I could eat like a greasy burger and I'm fine. But when I had the aioli on that burger, I wanted to fucking die. Blech. Like it, it was setting my stomach lining on fire. And I was like, why? Is it the aioli? What is happening? It's definitely aioli. I fucking hate aioli. It didn't used to do that to me. I just thought it was gross before, but it just made eating a great burger just feel so bad. Yeah, HelloFresh is pretty cool. It's pretty decent. It's not an ad for them. I don't think they're ever going to sponsor me. Oh, they will eventually. They sponsor everyone eventually, at least once. Eventually. Yeah, well, to our, to you, <laughs> our only listener. <laughs> I, hey, I'd use the code. <laughs> it would be justified. No, there's other listeners. I know you guys are out there. Don't worry. I see the analytics. I see those unique views. Don't worry about it. I, just, I still love you. <laughs> Going, just going back to the kitchen. Are you going to go back and watch the previous seasons now, or? Uh, yes, but I think I want actually want to fully finish this first season. Okay. I don't know how many episodes are in a season. Uh. We're about to hit like episode eight. Uh, episode Maybe. six came out today. Is at the time of recording. Episode seven. Oh, six. Episode seven will be out uh November twenty first. Mm, okay. Maybe there's like ten episodes in a season. I have no idea. Well, this is the revival, so I don't know if they're they they're bringing it back like in full force. Oh, uh, that's true. Like see, like season one had 
10 episodes, season 2 at 12, season 3 at 13, and then the biggest season they had was 17 episodes. It looks like this revival series is going to have 10. Yeah, they're going to have 10 episodes this season. I probably don't even need to review all the videos of like who they're going to pick because they probably look at someone that goes like, I'm $500,000 in debt and I opened six days, six months ago. And he's probably like, all right, we're going to that one. <laughs> that one, something's wrong going on there. I think they're trying to find genuine people too because like if I had a business I was doing so-so and like, oh, I want Gordon Ramsay to come in and A, drive business, business into my building, refresh my menu, get all new like seating and fixtures and lighting equipment. Like, yeah, I'll go on TV and like, oh, I'm shit at my job. And like, I'll like kind of like, like make it look yeah. worse than it is for that opportunity. I feel like he goes through and actually finds actual like people who need it. And there are some episodes where the people are helpless. Like he is, there's many episodes where he leaves and that's it. And the business fails. Like he gives up on them like completely. I, I, I don't know if I feel bad. I don't know how I feel about this, but I get frustrated uh, a little bit. Some of these people I'm like, oh, I'm this much money in debt and blah, blah, blah. And I'm also just like, yeah, but I can also tell you're like filthy rich, even if this shut down. <laughs> like you're fine. Oh yeah. The, 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 going back to the uh, the pizza episode, uh, uh, Dumb Mimo, the two uh, other sons who are not involved in the business, they're like TikTok influencers, each with like a million followers each and like gordon's like why aren't you helping like promote the restaurant and like oh we didn't even think about that and they're like walking around like with like hundred thousand dollar watches on their wrists and like they're asking for food in the middle of the day while the restaurant's failing and it's like you idiots why aren't you helping the business you could be promoting yeah. this shit like crazy and driving people in here and like oh man we didn't think of that like you idiots and the thing is they did and then when i followed up on it they stopped of course they did because like oh man it's not good for our image if we're promoting our family restaurant like yeah go fuck yourselves i hated those two kids yeah. they were awful yeah it's so clear they made a lot of money though because like they were like had a thirty thousand dollar rolex or whatever yeah exactly they were bragging about the watch and like and like oh we didn't realize our family was so in debt like you oh my god i hated those kids yeah just ask yeah yeah no Okay, it goes back to what it goes back to what you were saying. Like it's basically like yes, Gordon's coming in to help with the food and whatnot, but it's basically a therapy session. He's dragging everything out, throwing it all on the table, yelling at you to get your shit together, and then you do if you do you do or you don't. And that's basically what the show is. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and I'm sure some of these people's people are pretty like. I mean, everyone seems pretty genuine. I don't again. I don't like that George guy or whatever the 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 golf place or whatever. Like that guy's like whatever. Yeah. He was just, he was so, so dumb. And like every other, like he had like all like an all female staff who all seemed very competent doing better than he was. Like the owners of the business better than he was. Oh, they were a million times better than him. The golf, like he didn't have like a cart going around. Like you're on a golf course. Why not deliver food on a cart? Oh yeah. That one girl, she was on a cart serving drinks. The boss didn't even know she was doing this yeah and she said she was raking in like two thousand dollars a week or something just on drinks there was no food on the card just on drinks yeah and like like why don't you just make some sandwiches and sell you're on a golf course like i'm sorry that business like i don't understand how that one was failing like like when gordon walked up to it like he didn't have a sign outside i hope that girl was like pocketing all that two thousand dollars <laughs> she better have been because she was doing that herself. Yeah. Like, and at the end of it, he's like, I didn't even know I could do that. So now we're going to do it. And it's just like, bitch, 
Hey, like he's not. And they said he's barely there, so it's obvious why he has no idea what's going on. Yeah, like it's ridiculous. Like, look, if I'm an owner of a business, what I'm gonna do is I want to know every single thing that's happening in my business. And if I realize I've hired competent people to control things, then yeah, I won't show up as much. I think you're justified not show up as much. <laughs> Because if you have everything that's running fine, but if something is a problem, you should still at least know what's going on. You should always be checking in. You know, because like these people act like they have to live there, but I'm like, you guys are also just not hiring the right no, management. They, and the problem with they get lazy. Sometimes it's also just hiring family. Because like you could have one competent, really motivated person in the family it does not re- does not mean the rest of the family is going to be following suit. Yeah. But the guy who left. Yes. Bobby. Anyways, we've been going on for quite a while. <laughs> This is just one season. We could, we should go through every episode. <laughs> go through every episode. We went through a bunch of them in random order. I really can't wait for you. It's probably the most infamous episode of the show. It's called Amy's ba- yeah. Amy's Baking Company. Um, Amy's Baking Company. Okay. Yeah, it's it's the most infamous episode of the show. So much so where like they went back to this place. I think two or three times. To- like there's two or three episodes dedicated to it. Wow. Going back. Um, wow. I, I don't want to tell you anything because it, it's you'll never see anything like it on reality TV. It is the most. Okay. Oh. Yeah. If people listening, if you're listening, you know the show. You know Amy's Baking Company and the batshit insanity that happened behind and if you don't watch it with me. exactly yes we'll get a follow-up later on when andre yeah, andre watches amy's baking company the next a la carte <laughs> a la carte well thank you for joining us through this messy experiment i am stuffed we will, <laughs> we will continue to experiment just as i continue to experiment with my possible ratatouilles um in the back oh there's two of them now what the fuck when did this, wait, right, well, where did the second rat come from? There was one an hour ago. Look, we we move quick here, right? We we don't like to waste time. We're very efficient. Oh, that that one can type. This one was sent to us by Gordon Ramsay. That's why he's got like the blonde hair on his head. That was like an albino mouse. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it's like a dirty or like a, a like a anime blonde. Yeah. Like uh, just like Gordon, he's kind of orange. <laughs> Well, Gordon Ramsay's kind of orange, right? Uh, I don't know. He like he has that like celebrity tan. Yeah, like he makes me feel like if he was standing next to Trump, it wouldn't have that much of a difference. No, he looks normal compared to Trump. Cause, but that's a whole other thing. Okay, well, I'm looking at an isolated photo of him, so maybe I just feel that way. He has that healthy glow. Like it's not. He never, yeah. he never looks pale. He's he's a celebrity. That's the end of the day. At the end of the day, he's a celebrity. You have to remember that. I will say when I see him smile, it makes me smile. That's the thing. He's such a warm, like, like we didn't get into like his other shows, but like if you ever watch like MasterChef Junior, when he, like uh, the kids are breaking down and crying in the kitchen, he goes up to them in the most fatherly, comforting, like, it's okay. We make mistakes. Let me help you out. Like he is the best, per- like j- just based off those scenes, he is the best person to ever exist. Most people know him for his yelling, screaming side. But honestly, if he's yelling at you, it's justified. He could be so caring and he will love you and nurture you if you allow him. But if you piss him off, we all need a Gordon Ramsay in our life. I think that's the Gordon. <laughs> I think Gordon Ramsay is a gaslighter. What, what, what do you What do you mean? We're not a gaslighter. I think he's a, he's a manipulator, but like it's for good purposes. He needs these people to step up the restaurant. He knows what kind of guilt will work on them. Yeah, but he, but he's being honest. But he's honest. He's not Correct. lying to them. At the end of the day, they they called him for help. Yes, that's the big thing. Like these people, these people called him. They said, "Come to me and fuck with my head," because like <laughs> they want him to come and fix their family members. The only way you're gonna fix them is if you like flip their world upside down. Yeah, 
like I guess manipulation is a hard word, but essentially like you use the same steps of manipulation in in what he's doing. All all, all reality TV, all reality TV is manipulation in some degree. Yes. We talked about but the, Gordon does it with like a golden heart. Yeah. We talked about this back in the the monster reality show where we were going to gaslight yes. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> True, gaslighting and manipulation. But I don't think Gordon gaslights them. But I do think he like fucks with their heads he, a lot. Absolutely, absolutely. It's it's all genuine. Like when he puts people in that pressure of like, hey, I'm going to see you guys cook for the first time, but I'm also going to give you like 200 customers. So how do you? Let's see how you deal with that. And you're like, well, fuck. So, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. But thank you for joining us on A La Carte. Thank you for, again, as I said before, experimenting with us. Uh, we will hopefully try some more experiments. I don't know if every single time will be Chef Ramsay. Or maybe we will think about it and have a formula for this. And maybe it'll be better and you'll enjoy this better. I mean, I could talk about food and food shows and food topics like all day, all night. So if, you, if this is if this was well received, I'm sure we can think of a million other food topics to go into the kitchen. Yes, I will run it by some people, see what they think of it, if they're annoyed or if maybe they can see. You guys can submit things too to undercookedcast at gmail.com. If it's not that, it's undercookedpod at gmail.com. I can't remember. <laughs> Some of the URLs and names are slightly different because the other one was taken at the other place, so it's very inconsistent. So it's either cast or pod. You need to write. You need to write down like a. You need to write down like a cheat sheet of all of like these things, these names, these roles. I know. I know. <laughs> I had this on the old podcast, and unless you know, I had I had a cheat sheet and I memorized everything, and like it was like it was all by the book. But then Nicole's like, uh, it's funny, you know, you cook when you you ramble and, and fuck it up. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, but I I feel like. We we need to like we need a little dash of consistency yeah i oof, okay well this is a la carte so this is acceptable to be rambling on for this much longer but yeah i probably won't have to do too much editing to this one just because it's it's free form and we talk pretty consistently throughout the rest of it. i'm now talking about how i'm going to edit this podcast while recording this podcast oh my god all right well i could just keep going on forever i'm hungry my cat's hungry he's screaming at me <laughs> uh ken's hungry very I'm sure whoever's listening to this is hungry unless you were eating while you're doing this and fuck, fuck you. Fuck you, you it's asshole. It's very rude. It's rude of you to be eating when we're hungry. <laughs> you didn't bring enough for the entire class. Yeah, what the fuck? You should be listening to this when you're also hungry or you've already finished eating. This is very rude to be listening to us while you're eating. Normal episodes, you sure, fine, whatever. I don't care. But if you want to submit your own ideas for the normal part of the podcast, Undercooked Podcast, your own ideas of things that we can create and change and do blah, 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 whatever. That's the thing I need to come up with. I need to come up with a tag, like a, a speech <laughs> to let you know what this fucking podcast is about. Yes. Then it's whatever. I don't care what it is. Just don't send me any nudes. Don't send me any of those. Or One Piece, or one piece spoilers. <laughs> Duh. Yeah, don't send nudes. Don't send One Piece spoilers. <laughs> don't send... I'm going to bleep that one because I feel like if I say that, I'm, I'm going to give people the idea to then do it. So I'm not going to say that one anymore. This entire ending should be uh, edited out at this point. No, it's staying. Oh, God. It's all stated. I've been your head chef of the Undercooked Kitchen, Andre Alamnuza. And I've been your big boy junior sous chef, deluxe, whatever. Ken O'Connor, thank you again for having me. Thank you both. Camera pulls out, lights dim, uh, curtains fade. We're not on a stage. <laughs> Bye. Au revoir.